This is the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast brought to you by Self-Care for Teachers, helping you prioritize your health, happiness and well-being so that you can thrive in the classroom and in life. I'm your host, Ellen Ronalds Keane, reminding you that you're a person first and a teacher second and you are allowed to look after you. everyone. I'm so pleased that you're here today because I think that this is an absolute must-listen episode for any teacher today. So this is part two of my conversation with Gabby Stroud, who is the author of the best-selling book, Teacher. And if you haven't yet, I do recommend you go and listen to part one of this interview, which is the previous episode on the podcast, because in that episode, Gabby told us a bit about her story and we talked about the expectations on teachers and the state of education and our education system today in 2019 and, you know, the visible and invisible work of the job, which I know you know is a bit of a theme for me this year and I've been talking about it on the podcast a bit. Plus, Gabby talked to us about how writing the book was quite cathartic for her and she shared some of her recovery process too. And we sort of finished up talking about how important sharing our stories with each other actually is and why we should be doing that more and being more honest with psychologically safe people, obviously, more honest about what's going on for us. So if you haven't yet, go and listen to part one of this conversation with Gabby and then come back and listen to this episode because it's part two. So in this episode, we talk about the soldier on culture in our schools and why it's so dangerous. And we also talk about how important, but also how difficult real rest is. And then Gabby shares really honestly her grief over leaving teaching and the struggles that she's had since, which I'm so grateful to her for sharing this so truthfully. And we have what I think is actually maybe the most important conversation going on in when it comes to teacher health and well-being and burnout at the moment, which is around, we talk about financial security. So it's this conversation around financial security and the pressure that puts on people or financial insecurity puts on people. And It's something that I just don't think is discussed enough, and I'm so grateful for the absolute honesty that Gabby displays here. And we discuss how when you're at your wit's end and just physically and emotionally burnt out, you aren't always in the best state to be making decisions, especially large decisions about your career, and that while quitting your teaching job might seem to be the best thing to do if you are feeling really overwhelmed and you're really struggling, it might actually be taking you out of the frying pan and into the fire. So we talk about that and we talk about why that's so important. And I just really recommend that you listen to this episode. So it's a really great conversation and I hope you enjoy it. In teaching, there's a really sort of strong culture of, you know, we've got to get on and do this and soldier on. Yeah. We soldier on. And, you know, this line where we say we need to do it for the kids. I do it because I love those kids. I do it for my students. I love them so much. And let me tell you, I I did. I loved those kids so much. But it's really dangerous because you'll reach a point where you'll reach for that love and it's just not there. And love of the job sometimes is just not enough. So, Well, it's, I mean, it's a finite resource when the rest of the human condition, you know, the physical and emotional, just the fact of having a human body, it's still has to have fuel coming from somewhere and love is is actually a a wonderful thing we want that and I don't think anything ever doesn't have that at the start but 
you need to have some other fuel source. Yeah, that's it. That's absolutely it. And unless, you know, I think, and this will sound bizarre, but unless in that framework that you're working in, unless there's love being given to you and then you know you're just going to end up depleted now I know the kids do love us I know my students loved me uh but they're so freaking needy you know what I mean so they were in the dual role of filling me with their love but then also draining it out of me which means then that that love needs to come from somewhere else that love needs to come from my employer which doesn't that just sound bizarre but you know I need to build up and made to feel like I'm a professional and that I'm valued and that I'm doing a good job. And yet every staff meeting I went to, every conversation I had with management was something that further depleted me. It was, you need to do more, you need to work harder, we want more data, we need that information in the spreadsheet, I need that email. It was just a constant taking and not enough topping up and not enough valuing, you know. So, And then that puts enormous pressure on on our loved ones and our family to to fill the gap, you know, and... I know that, you know, my ex-husband and I, we've talked about that, you know, like he said, I just didn't know how to help you anymore. And I've talked to lots of, they're mainly husbands, you know, lots of husbands have spoken to me since I've written the book and said, look, I just don't know how to help her and what would you suggest? And, you know, it, it, it really, teaching is, it really takes a toll on a lot of aspects of our life. An experienced teacher said to me recently, oh, it's not a career, it's a lifestyle. (laughs) And I think that's so true. It's just so true. Yeah, it is true. And and I think, you know, that's, again, that's invisible to people who are not associated, you know, who are not living with teachers. And, you know, I know my husband, his mum's a teacher, so he at least had some understanding because he grew up living with a teacher, right, and being that kid. I got to bring around at school till five o'clock because mum's in a staff meeting. But, you know, I really resonate with what you've shared there. And, and especially to me, there's a difference between, you know, the love that the kids give us and the love that I suppose the kind of emotional love of like, yes, I love these kids. It's so great. And the actual, I guess, the, the draining, the work of actually caring and, and that's the taking care of the children in their, whatever their needs are right now. And I think that's the difference. The love as a feeling is not enough because what we actually need, again, it comes back to that, that you said topping up, having the system back into us and, and that underlying message of all those conversations of we need you to do more, we need more spreadsheets, we need more data. The underlying message is you are not enough. And you know, you who has worked so hard and is doing so much, blah, 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 the list is huge and you're exhausted because you've done, you feel like God, you've given everything, but it's still not enough. I mean, that is so hugely problematic because if we translated that, and I think we all know this, if we translated that to a teacher being that way with a student in the classroom where everything they did, doesn't matter how hard they work, it's not enough. And I know we've all met parents of students who are like that and you, you kind of try and combat whatever the message is home to say no you're doing a good job you know Johnny Sally whoever we can try and combat that because we understand how important it is for that top up to happen and that message of you know you don't have to do more to be enough you just already are and I don't think that's being communicated to teachers enough. No absolutely and I think then that that translates because we're going into our classrooms and we're not filled up enough you know we're working from a depleted state already and then that 
translates that there's not enough there to give to our kids as well. I think you're totally onto something there, Ellen, you know, and I, I often think about, and I, in my last years of teaching, I used to think about it. I used to think, what kind of teacher would I be if when I had those breaks, you know, that two weeks before or between each term, you know, if I had worked one week, but then if I'd had another week, you know, that second week where I'd really had a rest and really taken a break and not gone into school and not touched any schoolwork, you know, for seven days. I used to think about what kind of teacher would be driving to school that day, you know, because what I found was I would drive back after, you know, all these holidays we get, I would drive back so damn resentful because all I'd done was work. And where actually, you know, that time and, you know, we, we need to probably start calling it stand down time, you know, because it is, you know, time where we're just not on class kind of thing. Yeah, I call it flexi time. Yeah, yeah. You know, we need to think about that it is as important in that time to fill our cup up and fill it till it's brimming so that we can then go in and do the really important work that we do. I totally agree with you. And because the other thing that I see teachers doing is they go off on some, an actual holiday, because I think it's the holiday, I can go on holiday, but they go on some overseas trip and get back the night before school starts again. So maybe they've had a proper, you know, get the hell away from school break, but they're exhausted because they've you know, gone on some massive hike or done some adventure, which is cool and great and wonderful, but it also means they're coming back depleted in a different way. And I think that just listening to an audiobook yesterday, and they were talking about the, the importance of like recovery for athletes, right? And actually that the training is so important, but the recovery, you know, the rest time actually what makes the athlete and it's the hardest part though they really were talking about how hard rest is like proper rest it's because our culture does not encourage it but also even for people who who their job is to run eight hours a day or whatever like that's that's all they've got to do every day is train and be athletically amazing on the days where they have to stop and rest because that's part of the training is to you know let them up that's the hardest day. And I thought that is so interesting. That really applies, I think, to teachers, especially because we do have quote unquote holidays, but actually there's work to do on the holidays. So it's and then working. <laughs> yeah. And that became, you know, for me, that was one of my great fears was and it fed into a lot of my anxiety was I don't want to fall behind. And my a husband at that time used to say to me, take a day off, just take a day off. You've got plenty of sick leave, just take a day off. And I would be like, oh my God, no, you don't know what you're suggesting when you say that, you know, like. It's more work to take a day off. Yes, yes. You know, I've got to prep all the lessons and I've got to deal with the fallout when I get back because things won't have been done and then the emails and oh my God, you know, and then I'd be ferocious at him. So how do you even suggest that to me? You know, you don't understand what I do. So that idea of rest and how we take that rest and how we manage it is really important. I was really confronted Late last year when I was speaking to a group of teachers, it was up in Queensland and I heard that their staff were, you know, there's a big focus now on teacher well-being. you know. Yeah, and it's another stick to beat us with. Yeah, that's right. It's a big PD kind of thing now. You go to this professional development day and you'll learn all about teacher well-being and how to look after your well-being. And this Queensland teacher was telling me that her school, they were required to go to a, a well-being professional development day on a Saturday. And I just, I just said, ouch, you know, what a slap in the face. If you 
think that that's the way to build our well-being and to remoralize us and to help us feel better about the work that we do, then wow, we've really got this all wrong. It really spoke to me about how far we've really lost our way, you know? Yeah, that rings so true to me because I run, they didn't used to be called PDs, but I found if I call the, the workshop a PD, people are more likely to take it seriously and allow even just individual teachers to say, oh, I'm allowed to do that because it's a PD as opposed to because it's something that I want to do. But also another teacher friend of mine here in Toowoomba, we run a couple of these workshops and we just tried to put one on in May and on a Friday because we were like, you know what, teachers shouldn't have to do this in their own time, la, la, la. The amount of feedback we got that was the school won't let me out by putting it on the first Saturday of the school holidays and we've had this because guess what? They don't have to have the school approve them to go and do this. And it's, I just, I'm 100% with you there. Yeah. And I've experienced that too. You know, I often get invited to speak at things now and I have teachers just begging me, please, 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 please come and talk. But if the school won't let them come out, they won't release. Yeah, that's right. Then, then they can't come and you know, and then how demoralizing is that? You know, you want to improve teacher well-being, and yet you're constantly saying to them, no, here's what you can do, here's what you can't do, and please put an email in to me if you would like any other colored paper through the photocopier other than white. Yeah, exactly right, exactly right. Well, uh, we could go on that on that rabbit hole for a long time. I wanted to talk and touch on I guess the process for you since leaving teaching and you mentioned earlier the grief that you have felt and I have felt the same thing. It actually really took me by surprise. I I do feel that there's a bit of a, I guess, a perception out there that, um, and it's it's a common, you know, thinking trap anyway, in any situation or when that happens, when I lose this weight, when I get the new car, life will be perfect. But definitely I see it and have experienced it, that idea that when I'm no longer teaching, none of these things will be a problem for me anymore. Life will be perfect. It'll be great. And and I guess there's a what concerns me about that is that I think it can lead people to make a choice to quit their job or to leave teaching, maybe thinking that it will be the silver bullet. And it's really not. And I know you agree with me on that point. Yeah, yeah, I do. Because the the thing, whether I like it or not, that I have to admit to myself is that I am prone to a bit of depression and I am also prone to a bit of anxiety. I am an overachieving people pleaser and I am like that whether I'm a teacher or not. I think a lot of teachers are prone to those things because they are overachieving people pleasers. You know, teaching is a profession of service and that's that's the kind of people who are drawn to it, yeah. So what I had to acknowledge when I left teaching was that um, sense of depression didn't just immediately lift. There were certain stresses and particular problems that did immediately vanish. You know, like suddenly I wasn't constantly having to schedule everything around the school working day and I wasn't trying to cram everything into those two weeks of stand down time. And so there were lots of, you know, liberating things like that. but. I still am. And, you know, even to this day, I am still prone to a a bit of depression, a bit of anxiety. My God, the anxiety when my book was coming out. What if it fails? What if no one reads it? What if it gets terrible reviews? And then do you know what else I stressed about? What if it's a raging success? What if, you know, it goes gangbusters and I just can't cope? You know, what, 
It's the Marianne Williamson quote, isn't it? It's that we're not actually afraid of our failure. We're afraid of our our light, our, our Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, you know, every which way I looked, life was terrifying, you know, and I, I remember sort of beating myself up going, oh, Gab, you thought you'd be over all this when you quit teaching and look at you, you still do this. So, you know, it's important to recognize that who you are is who you are and that some of those qualities are going to go with you wherever you go. Something that I guess I have been observing from watching you on TV and listening to you in radio interviews and seeing the media exposure that you've had and, and the success of the book, I guess I have also wondered, uh, and because I know that people can make assumptions about visibility online and in the media and translate that to, oh, well, your life must be great. You must be rolling in cash. You must run around having the best time now because you're famous and you've written this best-selling book. And actually, it doesn't necessarily work like that. And I know you mentioned earlier that, you, you know, you still have to work really hard to make ends meet and life is not perfect. And all of those same pressures of, you know, who, wherever you go, there you are, right? De- dealing with your own mental health and supporting your own mental health and still being a parent and, you know, a mom and all of that, it all rolls in. And now you also have this added pressure of being, I guess, visible and called on by teachers and, and as much as you've said that that does definitely help with your healing because you, you know you're able to share your story and there's a catharsis in that you know it brings up new challenges yeah absolutely and one of the most important challenges that I think every teacher should contemplate before they sort of think oh I'm going to quit and, and uh, all my problems will go away is money and finance because no matter how stressful teaching is, being broke is really, 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 really scary. And I say that from experience because, you know, shortly after I left teaching, my husband and I also divorced. And, you know, so finances were really, really, really tight. And it's, you know, it's been a few years now and I'm only just now beginning to see light at the end of the tunnel there. And that's really, really frightening. So for any teacher out there who's sort of thinking, oh, I'm going to pull the pin and life will be great, you know, really, you've got to do the maths. And in hindsight, I probably would have been better off going part time, downsizing my workload, you know, looking for other roles that I could do within the school, you know, even swapping down, switching to a different school and becoming a teacher aide, something like that, you know, but when you just totally wipe that teacher income, it's not necessarily about the dollars. It's about that security that that regular paycheck provides. So, you know, I really want to put that out there to, to teachers. And, and my psychologist at that time said to me, um, when I said, look, I've got to get out. I can't do it anymore. I can't breathe. My heart's racing. I think I'm having a heart attack, you know, and her question to me was, well, you know, you need to do the maths because I can guarantee no matter how stressed you are now, it will be more stressful if you can't make your mortgage repayment. And so, you know, I really want teachers to think about that. The other thing I wanted to mention was, and I read an interesting, I try not to read comments on stuff because, you know, some people are a big fan of the Gabby Stroud story. And then there are some people who are like, oh yeah, wouldn't we all like to just quit teaching and write a book and make our millions. And I really want to put out there that so much of what I do in the public domain is unpaid. I've never been paid to appear on television. You know, there's zero money for me to be made in that at this point. You know, they're literally guest appearances. And 
you know, I've sometimes had to sort of email and say, well, could you cover my flights for me or even accommodation, you know? So a lot of what I've done in, in promoting my book and I'm following up these invitations and speaking on behalf of teachers has been actually at my own cost. At your own expense. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I kind of want to clear that myth up because it very much is a myth and the other thing that I need to say about that and I'm still even trying to convince my sister about this is that I literally shit myself before I go on television before I often before radio appearances I get incredibly nervous I remember before I was about to go on Q&A you know they're calling our name and we're walking out onto that stage I was literally looking for a rubbish bin because I thought, oh my God, where would I vomit? If I needed to vomit right now, where would I do it? That's honestly what I'm thinking as I walk out there. Once I get talking about my topic, as you guys can probably tell, I just start talking and I speak from the heart and I feel very much a teacher and and it all just comes tumbling out. And so I suppose that's why it appears and sounds very natural and put together and, and all of that. But you know what, I'm really calling on that teacher skill that we use all the time. You know, you stand up there and you just say it with confidence, you know, and um, even if you're not sure, you know, you, you find a way forward and you get through and you navigate it because you're on and, and that's what teachers do. So I'm very much calling on that teacher skill set. And, you know, just the other day, my sister was saying to me, oh, but Gab, you just make it look so easy. You just, you just look natural. And I just think, oh, I wish I could be hooked up to some machine so you can see how my heart was racing. And absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, there's so much to it sort of, and, you know, I really want to represent teachers well. I'm very conscious that. Well, you do that. Oh, thank you. I, I, I just am aware that while I can only really tell my own story and speak for myself, that I am sort of the voice for a lot of us and I want to really get that right. So I, I still put a lot of pressure on myself as well to, to try and get it right for teachers. And, and I want to make things better, not worse. So yeah, there's so many sort of tripwires out there when I'm out there doing that thing in the, in the public domain. I really appreciate that. And I'm so, so grateful that you have shared so honestly about that, because I, I do, I really do think it's so easy for people. And it's not even necessarily, I mean, I know there are people who are just vicious online and just say awful things. It's not even always from that place. Sometimes it is just ignorance and, and not understanding how much goes into, I mean, like even a TV show, one, there's editing, two, there's a whole team of people whose job is literally to, all right, let's steer it this way because we've got to make it, you know, like, if for whatever reason you did actually end up vomiting in the middle of Q&A, that would not go to air. Like they would, there's a whole back end, I suppose, a whole background that, that again is invisible, right? And it, it's important that we talk about it and make that visible. And, you know, on a very, very small scale, I've certainly experienced that with this podcast. And, you know, we've had great downloads and it's, you know, it's excellent and I love it, but also it costs money to produce. And so... You know, this is the first season that I've done crowdfunding successfully. I've tried, had a few goes in the past and it, you know, didn't really go anywhere. And um, so, and I really resonate with that. I, I think it's such an important message that, you know, as tough as life is right now, if you suddenly had no income, exponentially tougher. And, and even from a perspective of just the preventative healthcare stuff, like when you get to that point, and I've witnessed it where people are physically unable to work, 
that's frightening on a whole new level. So thank you for sharing that because it's so important. And I really hope that people listening hear that message that not only that it's not a quick fix, you know, that things like anxiety and and depression are still going to be a part of your life. You know, there's still going to be things that you need to work with and support yourself, but also that really practical survival element of the, of the financial side of things. It's so important. Thank you, Gabby. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's something that, that people need to really sit down and think about because what happens is they reach that point and they're just debilitated. They're crippled by the workload and they just, it's almost impossible to think beyond just getting out. You know, it really is that fight or flight kind of strategy. And you're just like, I just want to get out. I just want to get out. And it's like, well, hang on. You don't want to be out of the frying pan and into the fire. So if I can just tell people to, and the other thing I'm always telling teachers is just buy yourself some time, some time to think, you know, if you've got sick leave there, like a a block that you can take, or if, if, stress leave even if they try to rehabilitate you if you've got long service leave if you can wangle some leave without pay do whatever you can to buy yourself some time because when you're not thinking straight in that I've got to get out kind of mentality you're likely to make a hasty decision so really buy yourself some time you know give yourself a couple of days to just look after yourself then put the thinking cap on and go okay well what you know where am I going to go from here have the talk with your partner, your, your family, you know, those who love you most in the world, you know, talk to them about the way forward so that you don't end up sort of pulling the pin and making a hasty decision and, and then find yourself really stuck financially. I, I would hate for any teacher to do that. And, you know, I want to, I want to see teachers stay in the profession. I want, I want them to have long thriving careers, not these ones where we bail out, you know, sooner than we should have. Absolutely. And I think it's only through having some not always objective, but just not maybe in the thick of it advice, you know, family, friends, people that are psychologically safe that you can speak to honestly and who will give you a, an honest response as well of like, well, maybe let's just not make the decision this week. How about you know, take some time? It's important. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I was going to ask you about your top tips, but I think you've shared a lot here and they're so valuable. And so I'm going to ask what what well-being and, and what self-care looks like for you in your life now, what, what taking care of yourself and, and keeping yourself supported and well looks like for you now, Gabby? Well, that's a really good question. What does it look like for me now? I'm, I'm very fearful of feeling that feeling that I had when I left teaching, which was like just absolute burnout and I couldn't even care for my kids, let alone myself. So I won't tolerate anything now that takes me anywhere close to that. So self-care for me these days looks like me saying no a lot more. You know, if I don't feel I can manage something, if I can't fit it into my schedule, if it's going to be taxing of my time and the care that I give to myself and my kids, I say no. It's a word that we all really need to get familiar with and get a lot more comfortable using. And you know, there are really lovely ways that you can say no, you know, you can say, look, I see that this is really important for you at this time, but unfortunately I'm unable to commit to that. So, you know, we need to just say that and say it, say it gently and lovingly, but you know, we need to love ourselves enough to say no. So sort of top tips for self-care and what it looks like for me is saying no you know, downsizing so that my life is manageable and not just manageable so that I can enjoy my life. You know, when I was teaching full time, the time that I did have available to devote to my family and, and my friends, I didn't enjoy, you know, I was kind of like, oh, mum wants us to come around for a baked dinner. 
you know, and I just want to, to lay on the lounge, you know, like that's my mum trying to care for me and look after me, you know, and I should be able to enjoy that and, and go off and do that with a loving, happy heart. So, you know, self-care for me and, and recovery and all of that looks like saying no so that the people that love me most I can say yes to and say it with that sort of happy heart. And look, along with that goes all those other things, exercise, getting enough sleep, eating right, blah, blah, blah. But look, honestly, if you say that to some teachers when they're at a point of stress, they'll just want to gouge your eyes out. So, you know, I'm not going to put that on teachers too much. I know what it's like to be in survival mode and just going from moment to moment. So, you know, I think the other thing we all need to do is just be really gentle with ourselves, that kind of overachieving, people-pleasing personality that so many teachers have. We've got to kind of really be kind to ourselves, be as kind to ourselves as we would be to that most vulnerable student in our class and, you know, look after ourselves in that way as well. So kind of a broad, weird answer there, but I hope, I hope teachers understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. No, that was perfect. Thank you, Gabby. Well, to wrap this up, I'd love for you to tell us what's on the horizon for you. I know you've got another book on the way and uh, where people can find you and connect with you. Yep, sure. So at the moment, I'm working on a book that's called A Letter to the Parents of Australia. And I think teachers will be a bit envious because my publisher has asked me to write what every teacher would like to say to parents. So that's what I'm working on now with the idea that, you know, if we want things to change in our education system, perhaps appealing to politicians and policymakers isn't the way forward because they seem to be doggedly pursuing their own ideas. But you know, I think if we got parents on board and if we helped parents understand the very important, complex professional work that we do, we might actually find there's some people that can advocate for us. So also, I think, you know, parents need to have a better understanding of what teachers do each day. So, you know, this is a book that is different to teacher, but it'll do important work in the way that teacher has done, which is to open up conversations and get people talking about what actually is happening in our classrooms, not just using those words like Gonski and NAPLAN and funding and all of that sort of thing. So people can connect with me quite easily. I'm just at Gabby Stroud on Facebook. People find me, which is just lovely, and I get lots of messages from people. I'm also at is it at, what do you say for Instagram? Yeah, at Gabby Stroud. At Gabby Stroud on Instagram. And Twitter's the only one that's a bit different because I think there's already a Gabby Stroud out there. Um, so I'm at GJ underscore Stroud on Twitter. But you know what? It's alarming. If you Google me, which my 10-year-old daughter Olivia loves doing, there's just any amount of stuff on the internet about me now. These fabulous pictures of me on television frozen in these awkward moments where my mouth is open and my eyes are closed. And yeah, she loves to bring them up on screen and zoom in on them and say, look at you in this one, mum. You look great. (laughs) Thanks, kids. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Who needs who needs enemies with friends like these? So, yeah, so that, that's where you can find me. Just put, put in a Google search and come up with the best picture that you can. Hit me with it. <laughs> well, we will, uh, I will definitely put the links in the show notes, not to the pictures, just to the. And um, thank you so much, Gabby. Thank you for being so honest and sharing your story here today, and also for the work that you have done and continue to do, sharing your story and standing up for teachers and advocating for teachers and for for the students of Australia as well. I think it's a really valuable and important thing for our country. So thank you. 
Thank you, Ellen. And thank you, listeners. I look forward to hearing from you all and um, hearing how your journey is going as a teacher, because that really lifts me up. So keep in touch, everyone. Thank you. Definitely. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Me again. I just wanted to take this opportunity for some shameless self-promotion. As Gabby and I talk about in this episode, while it is so important and we both value the different roles that we play in speaking up for teachers, it does come at a cost to us. So I mentioned in this episode that the success of the crowdfunding campaign that I ran for this season of the podcast has been so welcome because it's helped cover some of the costs of the show. And, you know, the reason for that is that podcasts are free to listen to, but they're not free to make. So I'm so grateful to those of you who contributed to the show via the various crowdfunding efforts that I've had over the years, and especially for everyone who contributed to fully funding season five. And so I thought that I would take this opportunity to share with you some other ways that you can support the show and the work that I do through self-care for teachers. So of course, keep an eye out for the next time I run a, you know, targeted crowdfunding campaign, which might be for season six of the show. But if you have a couple of bucks, you can also contribute to my Patreon page, which is Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash self-care for teachers. So if you head on over there, you can give just a couple of bucks a month that just helps cover some of those basic smaller expenses. You can also obviously be a customer at my Teachers Pay Teachers store. There's a lot of things on there that are available for free in the freebies library and they will remain free on the freebies library for those of you who can't afford it. But if you can, I'd love it if you purchased some of them from there. There's Also, a couple of new products there that are not in the freebies library, and there'll be more things going up on Teachers Pay Teachers in the months to come because I'm actually changing things up a little bit going forwards. And I've done a whole blog post about this, and I'll put the link in the show notes, but I'm kind of changing my approach a little bit, really partly because of this conversation with Gabby and the experience that I had from the crowdfunding campaign in March. Because, you know, I do want to make sure that the work that I do at Self-Care for Teachers is sustainable. You know, I want to make sure I'm walking my talk, not only in regards to looking after my own physical and emotional well-being, but also making sure that it's financially sustainable. So yeah, you can go to my Teachers Pay Teachers store, look for Self-Care for Teachers on Teachers Pay Teachers, and there's some products there. Or of course, if you would like some coaching or you want to join one of my programs, then head on over to the website, selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash coaching. And there's some info there if you want to buy one of my services. And finally, if you don't have cash to spare, I want you to know that I totally get it. And I don't want to pressure you into spending money that you don't have, right? I'm not about that. That's not useful to anybody. And there are a number of free ways that you can support the show and the work that I do. So a lot of podcasts ask you to leave a rating and review on your podcast platform, and you can absolutely do that. I would love that. But I actually would prefer it if you shared an episode with somebody that you think could use it, with a friend or a colleague that you think needs to hear it. And if you know somebody that you think would like it, tell them about it. But if you're physically with them in person, do check that they actually know how to download a podcast because because I've actually found recently that although it's obvious to me because I listen to a lot of podcasts, it's still a new thing for a lot of people. So it's nice if you can hold their hand, ask if you can have their phone and not take it with you, but just like get it out and download a podcast app and download an episode of the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast so that they can actually listen to it. Because sometimes it's simply a matter that people aren't quite sure and they feel a bit silly asking. And of course, finally, you can share the show on social media. You can do that by following me on Instagram or Facebook at Self Care for Teachers and liking or commenting or sharing my posts and tagging your friends underneath the episodes or the, you know, audiograms that you think are relevant. And you can also do it by hitting the three dots in your podcast app. And then that should give you options to share the 
episode straight to your Instagram stories or Facebook or Twitter or, you know, whichever platform you want to share it to. So those are just a few ways that you can support the show. And I am, of course, so grateful for all of your feedback and comments. I love hearing from you. So do reach out, get in touch with me on the socials. And thanks for being a part of this evolving conversation about teacher well-being in Australia. As always, remember you are a person first and a teacher second. And you are so worthy of your own care. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast brought to you by Self-Care for Teachers. If you've enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe in your chosen podcast player so you don't miss an episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify, hit the three dots, share it to your Facebook or Instagram stories and let your friends know that you're listening. And if something in this episode made you think about a teacher that you care about and you think they need to hear it, send it to them now. Let's spread the message of teacher wellbeing and together we can create thriving school communities. Show notes for the podcast can be found at www.selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash podcast. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram using the handle at selfcareforteachers. Season five of the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast is proudly supported by Katrina Burke Coaching, Teachers Thriving, Zoe from My Smart Community, Jessica from Lead and Inspire, and Katie from See Me, Know Me, Teach Me. As always, remember you're a person first and a teacher second, and you are worthy of your own care.